the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. We're all about delivering great content, thoughtful discussions, and tips and tricks to help you truly get the most out of your life and business. And here's your charismatic host, me, Matt Browning. Hey, welcome back. I'm Matt Browning. Welcome to the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. Uh, I'm really, really excited about this particular episode. Uh, today, this week, we are going to talk all about motivation. Um, it's one of the, probably the, the, the biggest question, the most commonly asked question I get in all of our workshop seminars on social media. By the way, you can follow me at Matt Browning on social media if you want to get our Mondays with Matt. We do our live bo- uh, bonus episode and we do that live on my Facebook page. So make sure you follow that so you get, uh, you get the reminders that that's coming. Um, the, the biggest question I get constantly is something about motivation. It's a question about procrastination, a question about motivation, and that's what it's all about. So today we're going to answer three of the biggest problems with motivation strategies. Um, and we'll, we'll get into all that. So it's interesting that um, motivation isn't just a feeling. It's also an internal mental strategy that we walk through when we're going to get motivated and also when we lack motivation. So if you've ever lacked motivation, if you ever felt stuck in procrastination, if you ever, gosh, wanted to get more, you know, just internal drive to do the thing that, you know, you want to do or the thing you don't want to do, listen in for this episode. We're going to spend about maybe 10, 15 minutes or so and dive right into the three biggest mistakes inside of a human being's motivation strategy. So let's start. Let's just get, yeah, let's just get into it. Why not? All right. Episode or uh, item number one. Item number one, um, the problem with the motivate the first problem with the motivation strategy is that it begins with overwhelm. And I am going into, I did this a week ago or uh, earlier in the week. This is my NLP practitioner home study course. So if you're familiar with NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, if you're watching the video on YouTube, you'll see the manual. If you're on the podcast, obviously I'll describe it for you. Um, and I thought, you know, some of these things that are kind of nuanced in the manual that we don't usually get into very often. Um, I want to spend some time on the podcast just breaking down individual nuanced pieces that'll be bite-sized chunks and in a way that you can apply right away as a business owner or as an entrepreneur, um, whether it's, you know, you can obviously use this with your team and in your business, but you can also just apply it to your general life, whether it's the uh, dieting, going to the gym, um, hanging out with your kids, getting projects done, honeydew list, whatever it is. So let's get into it. The first one is it begins with overwhelm. So what happens is sometimes, let's think of a project, something that you need to get done, but you've been putting off getting done. The challenge with that is the person will begin with a feeling of overwhelm because they have too many things they need to do. So let's just say you have to do your taxes. Oh, and it was, you know, it's May now, so it was April a little bit ago. And if you need to get your taxes done, sometimes you have too big of a chunk size. Chunk is a, a technical term in NLP that basically means like grouping size. So if your one chunk of your project is, I gotta get my taxes done. The problem with that is it's so many steps. How many individual steps are included in getting your taxes done, right? You gotta find your bank statements. You gotta organize your accounts. You need to find your tax professional. You need to get things input into QuickBooks. You need to extract your reports. You need to, you know, what, whatever it is. You need to get your balance sheet. You need to, to fix this one glitch. There's probably two dozen things depending that you might need to do to quote, get your taxes done. So if we, if we try to schedule a task or an outcome that is too big of an outcome, what happens is it's no longer schedulable. So the rule of thumb I use is 
if it's too big to schedule in a day or even more, if it's too big to schedule in an afternoon, like an hour or two, it's too big of a chunk. And I need to do, do what we call chunk down. I need to get down to the details and uncover a few details that I should do instead. Uh, so for the taxes, if that's your outcome, if you feel no motivation to get it done, of course you're not going to. It'll be overwhelming. You have too many things to do, too little time to do it. In fact, by the way, you don't even know exactly what you're going to be doing. It's too many things. So what you want to do is break it down in, into individual chunks and then take one little item and say, can I schedule that for this week? Can I schedule that for Wednesday or Thursday or Friday? And one chunk should be able to get scheduled in an hour to two hour, maybe three, three hour maximum window. But as long as you can get it scheduled within a couple of hours, then it's probably a chunk that wouldn't be overwhelming. It's just a matter of sitting down and doing it, right? All right, so that's the mistake number one is people have the wrong chunk size. They're too overwhelmed. It's too big of a project. And then they're trying to get motivated to do it. But the fact is you're never gonna get motivated to do that big of a project. Another area I see that in, just off the top of my head, is in in cleanup, right? I've, I've known over the years people that uh, that have the hoarding disease or habit or behavior, whatever you want to call it. Um, if you've seen that show Hoarders, man, it's it, it can be pretty intense. Well, no matter what the level somebody is in the hoarding space, the idea is if it's too big of a chunk, they look at their house, they look at the living room and go, oh, my house is just cluttered. It's so full, man, I got to do something about this. I need to get this house cleaned up. How big of a chunk is that? It's so big. There's no way they're going to be able to accomplish it in an hour, let alone a day, let alone a year probably for some people. So it, the, the only real effective strategy in that space is to grab what, what people would say is one room at a time and then one area at a time and then one box at a time. And you're never going to get motivated to clean the whole house. What you'll do instead is you might get motivated to clean out that box. You go, you know what, today I'm going to take care of that kitchen counter area. Today I'm going to get that box of mementos. Today I'm going to get that box of old TV guides, right? And you can actually feel genuinely some motivation to clear that one box. The secret is the reason you can feel motivation for a small task is you can envision the completion in your mind. There's no way to envision the completion of seeing yourself doing all these tasks for a large project because there's no way we can imagine in our minds all at the same time all of the steps needed to finish the project. So that's key number one or mistake number one is people begin in overwhelm. All right, I'll go back to the manual here. Mistake number two in motivation is the person moves only away from. They only use what we call away from motivation. So. Um, let me explain what I mean. So let's go back to taxes for, in fact, you know, I'll use both these examples as, as I try to use the same examples for every different key I teach. So back to the taxes, why do you want to do your taxes? Is it because it'll feel so good when it's complete and you're going to have peace and you'll enjoy your refund or whatever? Or are you doing your taxes because, oh, the deadline's coming up and I don't want to go to jail and I don't want to have pay fines and, you know, if it's a deadline, if it's a, a negative feeling internally, that's what we call an away from motivation. I'm oversimplifying it, but I'm sure that makes sense to you. Um, it's away from motivation, okay? Most motivation strategies for most people have a high level of away from motivation. The trouble is though, some strategies have all away from motivation. And here's what happens. The problem with having all the way from motivation, away from motivation is great. 
it can get you off your butt, right? Away from motivation is what people use to change your health when they go to the doctor and they say, hey, enough's enough. If you don't quit smoking, you're going to die. That's away from motivation when they say, then I'm done. I'm, I'm stopping right here, right now. The problem with away from motivation is exactly that. It only kicks in when it gets bad enough. In fact, if you don't have enough pain or enough away from uh, desire in there, you might not do anything. So you, you probably, if you only are away from motivated, you probably won't do your taxes until April 15th. Or this year, it was the 17th. Trust me, I know, right? Because I have a lot of away, away from motivation too. But be careful not to have all away from motivation. You have to be able to, to a good unconscious or subconscious strategy for motivating yourself for a task is a combination of towards and away. So maybe you'd Maybe you make a picture in your mind of finishing your taxes and then you'd say to yourself, it'll feel so good when it's finished. I can't wait to have this level of peace. And then you might get an internal feeling of, of excitement, right? Or, or, or motivation, uh, something in your gut of that feeling of, you know what? I should get working on this. And it's okay to have a little bit of away from, you know, you, you might say to yourself, it'll feel so good when it's done. And I certainly don't want any penalties. Do you see how I kind of combine that? Right? It's a towards motivation for being done, and it's away from motivation for avoiding the penalties. If you only have away from motivation, you're not going to get moving on it until it's, it's already pressing against you. Okay? Um, you're not going to move towards safety until the lion is already nearly at you uh, in, in the desert. The other option people do is, uh, and this doesn't happen very often, but motivation strategies that have all towards motivation. And that tends to be a very slow moving motivation strategy. If you if if you're waiting, if you only want to feel great about something, what'll happen is you might not be great with deadlines and getting things accomplished uh, in an orderly fashion. Away from motivation can create drive, momentum, and push. So I would suggest this. This is uh, not exactly a scientific uh, scientific approach because it's just your mind and your subconscious. But I would try to look at like something like eighty twenty ish, right? About 80% towards motivation. 80% of what drives you to do something is it'll be pleasant when it's done. It's the right thing to do. It'll make me feel good. It'll help somebody else. All of that mentally and emotionally, right, in your body. And about 20% of your motivation could come from away from, which is, hey, if I don't do it, I'll get in trouble. Roughly an 80-20 is good. The away from works like a rocket ship against the earth, right? The away from is the part that pushes against the ground and does the initial fuel to get up. But like any good rocket ship, if, if you're going to the moon, I realize I'm not, uh, I'm not an astronaut, so don't hold me to this scientifically. Um, but if you're, if you're going to the moon in this metaphor, eventually you stop pushing away from the earth and eventually you get caught in the gravity and you start getting pulled towards the moon and looping around if they were to do that, right? Um, so that's kind of the difference. You know, again, every metaphor falls down somewhere, but that's pretty darn close. Um, for a metaphor of away from motivation is the, the booster's pushing against the earth, pushing off, getting the initial thrust. And the towards motivation will pull you in the direction once you're already moving. Okay, so hope that makes sense. You want to have a lot of towards to keep pulling you while you're moving, but you need some away from to get you moving in the first place. And then here's uh, mistake number three. Mistake number three is using only modal operators of necessity. And I'm going to end with this one. And what in the world does that mean? Well, modal operators in the world of neurolinguistic programming what we call those is words that we use, language we use, like need to, should, have to, uh, necessary, it's time, you must, anything like that. 
is what we call a modal operator of necessity. It says that the mode we have to operate in is that of necessity. There's only one option. There's no other way. And that's it. Now, I'll probably do another podcast episode just on what we call modal operators for you language nerds and and, um, and mindset you know, nerds. You're going to love this. It's one of my favorite topics in the world is just modal operators. But for now, I want to leave you with just how it, how it works within motivation strategies. So if we have a lot of modal operator of necessity, for instance, I want to get motivated to the gym. And the language I say in my mind, what I always say to myself is, all right, I have to get up and do this man, I really need to lose that weight. You know what? I don't have any other choice. It's time. I have to do it. Modal operators of necessity can be useful in motivation. Again, like that's how I get out of bed some mornings. You know, the alarm goes off and and I got to take, you know, my my son to school. Um, I need to get up for my day. I have appointments, what have you. And I say to myself, all right, it's time. I need to get up today. I need to get up this morning. And so a, a, a modal operator of necessity can get you through when you don't really feel like it, it can get you up and going anyway, okay? It can start something. The challenge with only necessity wording or necessity language is that it makes you feel bad sometimes. It it can produce what we call a negative kinesthetic inside the body, inside the emotions. So if if all of my motivation is always for me basically kind of riding myself, right? Beating myself up and saying, you got to do it. Come on. You have to do this. Let's get moving. It's time right now. I mean, isn't that draining? Like, it doesn't feel almost like you're nagging yourself. And if someone talked to me like that, like someone was behind my corner saying, or behind my mind, you know, behind my body saying, Hey, come on, right, Matt, you got to do this. Hey, get up. It's time to do this. Depending on how the voice sounds, it could be motivating, but it could also be overwhelming. It could be coercive. It could be commanding, right? It could be something that's just a little a little heavy-handed. So you want to utilize both kinds of language, modal operators of necessity, but also modal operators of what we call possibility. Words like, um, I could do this. Um, It's possible to. I get to. We can. All those would. All those kinds of words are possibility words. So what if instead of waking up saying, oh, it's time to get up. I have to get up. We need to get to the gym. What if instead you said, Oh, it's time to get up. You know what? I get to work out this morning if I choose to. All right, let's do this. If you listen to the language, I used a, a necessity to get up. I said, it's time to get up. But then I consciously chose to use a possibility word like, you know, I get to work out today. Um, then you know what? I'm choosing to go. I'm choosing to get up and move. And then you say, let's do this. So I like in, in my own motivation, by the way, the only, in closing, the only, the only thing you really need motivation for are things you don't want to do. Think about it. Do you need to like figure out motivation strategies for things you love? Do you need a motivation strategy to have a donut or, you know, to, um, to go play or go spend time doing things you love to do? Like, no, of course I don't need, I don't need to tap into a motivation strategy, go climb a mountain. I love climbing. So you just, you give me time off and I'm going to go do it. But it's the things like the taxes, like, you know, sometimes, by the way, it can change. It can change over time. So I can look at a motivation strategy for working out. And when I get in a habit, when I really get going on it, if I use enough possibility and necessity, it'll actually be fun. It'll be enjoyable to go to the gym. And in fact, after a few weeks, I'll get in the habit and go, you know, this is great. 
And then pretty soon I wake up and go, oh boy, it's leg day. <laughs> I don't know anyone who says, oh boy, it's leg day, but you know what I mean. Um, I, I know I don't. Um, but you know, we'll wake up and say, oh boy, I, I get to go to the gym. This is exciting. This is one of my favorite, uh, favorite times right now. All right. So those are the three biggest mistakes that people make in motivation strategies. Let me revisit one more time. Make sure you got this. Number one is don't begin in overwhelm. If you're overwhelmed, you probably have too big of a chunk level. You have too big of a task and it's not schedulable and it's not broken down enough. So make sure you break it down. Number two is the person only has away from motivation, which means there's a lot of maybe negative pushing away from avoiding pain. And if you only avoid pain, you're not going to get moving until things get bad enough or the risk is too high. So you want to have some, some away from maybe 20%, but ideally 80% would be towards motivation, which is the pleasure and the result of having the thing done. And then mistake number three is using only modal operators of necessity. Of course, you want to definitely use some necessity words like need to, have to, must, but you also want to use some possibility words when you're motivating yourself to get moving. Things like I could, I can, I choose to, I get to. So that's a couple of my quick three mistakes people make in motivation, how you can change it so you can feel really good, um, feel motivated and get moving on the things that you know you want to get moving on. So I'm going to say this to finish off. Um, your life is waiting for you. What are you going to do about it? It's time to do something and people are waiting on you, your business, your team, your family, friends, people you haven't met yet. Someone's waiting to hear from you. Someone's waiting to hear on that idea, that thing you want to get done. So get out there and get the thing done. Hang up this right now, press pause, whatever, delete the episode, not after, not until you subscribe and rate and review. By the way, if you wouldn't mind, subscribe, rate, and review. If you want to rate five stars, I'm all good with that. I can't tell you what to rate, but it's completely up to you. However many stars you want is great. But leave a review too if you would, if you're on iTunes or if you're on the uh, Podbean or anything else. Remember, we're on everything, so make sure you subscribe if you, if you haven't already. It's really easy. Just double check real quick on your phone or on the computer. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the channel above. Um, that way you'll get notifications whenever I have a new episode coming out. So with that said, I'm excited uh, for the weekend. Happy Friday to you, and I will see you real soon. We'll chat again Monday uh, with a quick uh, bonus episode on Monday, and we'll get back into some interviews next week as well. Have an awesome day. See you soon.